What's good, good people? Vets, let's talk. Hey, man, we got a special guest in front of the formation today. Transition with U.S. Retired First Sergeant. Man, how you doing today, my brother? Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I can't complain. Not too much. How the family doing? The family's doing okay. We uh, we have one sick, but they we're getting along. That's cool, man. Is everybody off to school yet, or is that next week? They're in school. They're in school. I know yeah. you're happy. I know you're happy for that, though, huh? And that's why I plan the time, you know, accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, man. I mean, first off, I want to thank you for uh, reaching out to me to do this podcast. I know I said I was going to kind of back off a little bit from doing the the, um, the interviews, but it really means a lot to me. And it, it'll mean a lot to a lot of others sharing a, a piece of what you go through because it, it's not easy to share a lot those parts of you man so i appreciate you for that bro mm. okay so do so so let's jump off like i like to always ask the question to the guests do you remember where you were during 9 11 or what was going on oh of course i was uh uh hunter army airfield i think it was like uh 603rd we were doing a phase like half of us were working on the aircraft half were in the field and uh some guys in the office like bringing out like coffee and stuff for the shift and the first one hit. And that's that's where I was. And then everybody ran the office and then we saw the second one. So nobody really saw the first one. Then we saw the second one. And then it was like pandemonium everywhere. Hmm. Like put everything back together. They were pulling people out the field. People were like locking out arms. It was nuts. And uh, I, I actually thought I was going to get through my whole career with no combat. Because that's what they, you know, they kind of say that, man, times are mild now. It was so mild. I enlisted, you know. And then it, it, it happened. And mm-hmm. what what year did you join? Nineteen ninety nine. Oh, so you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump off into these questions real quick, man. Okay. How does the military prepare service members for the transition to civilian life, and were you prepared for that transition? Well, I'll say no, I wasn't prepared, but they do have adequate. They have an adequate program, but a lot of times units don't adhere to that program based on what they have going on. So I'm not going to beat up my unit too bad. It was just they were in the mix of something very uh, important, you know, about to push off to do their thing. And sometimes that stuff gets dropped. So transitional wise, uh, uh, there's a CSP program for soldiers. I'm pretty sure most soldiers are aware of that program, you know, where you could kind of do OJT on the way out of the Army. So that's one of them that I would say that E4 and below do need to capitalize on that program for sure. And they should... uh, I'm not saying fight with their units, but really push. Their units should be providing that to soldiers. Like, hey, you're almost getting out. Do you want to reenlist? Or, but a lot of times the units don't offer the CSP right out because they really want the soldier to reenlist. If that makes any sense. Oh, it makes makes total sense. Oh, okay, I, okay. <laughs> it makes total sense, bro. So the longer you're in, they kind of don't give you that option because you'll be retired, man. You're gonna get a check anyway, so it's not important. So. You get it anyway. You can do it on the back end. So that's why I kind of got burned on that deal. Right. Yeah. So what steps can someone in the military take to start planning their transition out of the military? Uh, you should always have uh, this with financial management. They say three months of uh, three months of your base pay. Always, no matter what happens throughout your entire career, the lowest that you should have in your savings account, they say, is uh, three months of your base pay because transitioning out you might miss a check because you owe the government some money 
Fortunately for me, I was good, but that is explained to everybody when they get out. So start planning your money first. Put money before anything, before you transition out. And that might even stop you from transitioning out. If money's not where you need it to be, it might stop you right there from leaving. So that's another way to look at that. That's but uh, money first. <laughs> that's always big. Always look at that at your coin before you look at anything else. That that especially if you got family. If it's just you, you could probably get a part time job or go to school, and sure. then chase what you got to chase. But if you got family. That's a that's a huge factor. Yeah. Big factor as opposed to getting out. Are there any specific challenges? Can I add on to that real quick? Oh, oh go ahead, go ahead. Go. Yeah, because we, no, because I'm saying with the money, I mean, you always look at money first since we tell the soldiers and then that makes like, it makes them make a decision right there. Like this might not be my time to get out. But if they got the money right, the next thing is, uh, what are you looking for on the outside? Resumes. You can start a working resume prior to getting out. You should always actually have one. Now me, I thought I was going to do another I thought I was going to do the star major thing at one point. So right. I, I, I exited abruptly. But when I was like, uh, an old star major told me you should always have a resume. So as soon as you enlist, you carry your records with you, like 201 files, correct? You should have a resume with it that has a civilian, you know, it marries up on the civilian side as you work through your career. So as you get positions, you just add two as you go to different units and get different assignments. So it adds to your packet getting out. So you have a built resume exiting the military, walking right into another job. That makes sense. Always be prepared because you never know what can take place. Med board or ETS, you never really know. Retirement, you never know. Just, just stay ready just in case. I need to stay uh, uh, to part on this side. But, you know, military always keeps you in the frame of military. Mm -hmm. This is what it's going to be. So... You know, I was going to ask you, 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 you already answered the question on the financial aspect. Are there any specific challenges or obstacles that military personnel commonly face during the transition process? Yes, way more than I anticipated. And I've been taking it by the horns. I've, I've talked to you before on the phone. Right. I've actually talked to so many vets uh, through social media and they broke it down to me. They was like, how long were you in? I did. I said, 24 years. They said, what if we were to fill your head with all the stuff that we experienced while you were in, experiencing while you were in? You have to learn on your own. And that you would have probably made an early determination to get out at 10 years. You wouldn't have done the 20 if you were beat down then. You needed to get this information in a place that was safe for you and yours. Like once you get out and like do your decompression, okay, how you felt about certain things was correct. All right. You are warranted in your feelings. Now is the time to handle those said issues. Oftentimes it goes into like, you know, we talk about psychological stuff. I'm going through a phase right now where, like I said, during the transition, trying to go back into being a civilian. I came in the army when I was, you know, I came in delayed entry 17. I'm out now at 42. Now, if you can imagine an inmate that comes back into society that has to find a place, it feels that way. And it's a little frustrating to and I, and I talked to a Vietnam vet. I talked to my neighbor who I had tension with first when we moved in because he doesn't know who I am, but he's a vet that actually made a huge sacrifice. And I, I'd like to send a special shout out to him. He gave me his number just yesterday to reach out and talk to because he's like, you're not the first to experience this. And I said, I feel some type of way that I did all this from a country. I come back and there's racism on the internet. I go to TikTok to have fun and laugh. And then the first thing I do is like, hey, we have a first sergeant 
up here acting like, you know, then the monkey faces and stuff. And I just said, you know, that's crazy because that is a specialist hmm. in the army. So when I, when I first got to TikTok, I started getting away from the goofy stuff. And then I started, you know, I've always been about cohesion and getting along, but then there's people that they don't like the cohesion and getting along. You know what I mean? And these are my, these are my counterparts. So that really damaged me psychologically. And now I'm aggressively working on things that I did not touch up on in the military because we're having issues in there, just to be perfectly honest. Right. So as far as like, like, let, let, let me ask you, this is off, off the questions. What were your ex- expectations coming out of the military? What do you think was going to take place with you? You know, I, I felt like, you know, they always talk about black men in America not doing their part. They say, right. God's lazy. I, I, you know, my mom told me never let that the world of, the beat you down, you know, but God ain't life for a reason. And I, the military got me to a point where I'm being raised Southern Baptist, being raised Christian, going into the military, seeing so many people be unchristian, and they were supposed to share my faith. I said, you know what? This is not the faith I want to follow. And they were like, what faith do you want to follow? They didn't want to follow Islam in the military because I saw how hard they gave them. I said, maybe religion, politics in the military, we're supposed to get along. Maybe religion is not going to be part of my life. And I gave it, I gave it up in 1999. Hmm. I gave up religion. And I, I was a diehard atheist from 1999 until literally like just a couple of weeks ago when I, I found that resolution. So that's why I'm pursuing this with clarity. And I knew the army had kind of got to my mind and, you know, a little bit to a point where I was streamlined and conditioned into thinking that some type of this, some of this behavior was acceptable. You know what I mean? When they do it and you have policy and the people that are doing it are the same people giving you classes on the equal opportunity. It kind of burns you out the wrong way. I came up during a time where EO was not a program. It was just something, a general being like, that's how you treat people. Right. Right. So now the programs evolve into something where if you have an issue at your unit that you're supposed to go after it. That program is not sharp and EO are not managing the arm. They're not, they're still failing programs in the military. I can tell you that for a fact. Hmm. So I told the soldiers when I left, like, you know, you have to suppress some things you say in the military. I said, I'll try to be as professional as possible when I deliver my message out there to the public and say there's some injustice going on in the military. And I did that professionally starting out and then call me the N-bomb on the internet. So I'm like, okay. I did the professional thing, so now I'm going to clown you a little bit, and then I'm going to come back and do the professional thing to, to those that want to listen. Right. But you know, um, it is what it is. Um, people are going to be who they are. And at the end of the day, I just want to make sure I'm going to be on the decent side of it. You know, hmm. I got a lot of recovery to do. That's cool. Do. So so now that you realize that you have the, the recovery to do it within the transition, do you know the steps that you need to take at the current moment or you're still working towards those steps? Well, the first step was putting God back in my life. And that's real. That's and big. That's, that's real. Because this is, oof, that was the start. And that brought everything back together, really. When I said like, I was going to try to put, put God back in my life, so I got better contact with my oldest child, talked to my mom. Old lady, she's feeling more comfortable because at least I have a little bit more direction. Because back when I was really going through it, what are you gonna do? I would just sit there because the army was telling you what to do. I don't know, whatever Uncle Sam tells me to do, and they whip you mentally, hmm. you know. And I got away from a lot of negative things when I the day I the day I the day I signed the military, I put the bottle down, and that's a big one because sometimes you know on the weekends, especially you know throughout the week, you know you just want to numb it all. And then I called a friend, and he's like, "Man." 
the army keeps you uh keeps you high on shit. Excuse my language. You good. Yeah. And I was like, he was like, I was like, I I, I was against him. He he's the same guy like me. He got out of the army and then he realized. And he was like, all right, you'll see. He was like, Did you smoke before you went in the army? No, I didn't. Started smoking, didn't you? Yeah. Mm. When you got hurt, you know, you go down there. Do they really give you physical therapy when you're pain in pain? Give you motion, right? They do that for about eight to ten years. They were giving away motion. So he 800, was like, right. right. So if you have any gripes and they, they keep you busy, so you can't like if you got issues in your unit, they start doing events and smoking mirrors, and we're gonna do a fun run and all this weird shit. Like it's the hearts and minds, and you know, you do that for a couple years and you just it's really rough. So. Yeah, it's it's the slowdown. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I've noticed it from the things that I went through. Once I slowed down, because when I came out of the military, I went to school full time. When I graduated out of the, out of out of college, it slowed down quick, and then everything rushed in from the first deployment, the second. It, everything was just flooding in. I couldn't control it. So, because you like in the military, you really don't have time to sit back and think about your personal, like what's going on with you. What do you need to look at? As far as like variables of being a civilian, handling your wife, handling your kids, worrying about your bills. You got things are steady coming in. You're doing your classes. You got to go EEO. You got to go to leadership classes. It's just so getting ready for PT tests. I got to worry about my soldier, especially when you wear those mini hats as an NCO. So it's just so much. But when you slow down, you hit a wall. Man. And you hit that wall so hard. It's just like, how am I supposed to recover? You know, you just like you just said, you put a big, big part of, of faith in it. Like, let me let me talk to God for a minute and see, can I recover from whatever the hell I'm going through right now at the moment? Not to say things would be perfect. You still go through your things. Well, I still go through my things, but sure. I manage them a little bit different. Sure. That's 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 major. So do like what? Let's let's attack this VA thing. Mm-hmm. What would you say? to a soldier that's getting out that ain't really that 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 that's looking forward to getting some type of bit that has something wrong with them as far as disability go to sick call every time you're hurt and i'm gonna say this a hundred thousand times and we keep saying it and these leaders these, these leaders at these units they treat soldiers wrong for going to sick call i know i know how it is especially when soldiers i know they some people abuse the situation i got it but if you don't you know your body better than anybody else what your body is at 20 is not going to be at 44. I don't care what they say. And if you actively run, you know, if you're hurt and you need a profile to recover, you still could be a soldier and injured. Hell, like there's been soldiers that won medals that got injured. You know what I mean? Stop treating soldiers bad when they're hurting. That's it. I, I don't like that. I never did. He's hey, he's not lying about that age thing. Them, them. <laughs> hey, I was trying to get up the other day. I had to sit back down and rethink it. I was like, damn. And it was like, I said, hold on now. Something got to give now. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I was like, Lord. But, you know. It'd be times I can't even get, like, when I go through my arthritic thing, Mm -hmm. like times I can't even get out of the bed. Can't sit on the toilet. Hey, excuse my legs, but I guarantee it's a dope to listen to this. I can't even sit on the toilet right. Right. Once you hit over them 40s, them, them injuries in the military, they do follow you. They follow you. Mm-hmm. So if you got military records, you go to sick call, give them about a week and go get a copy of whatever they wrote down. 
Right. So this and this is another thing as a civilian that you do. You come into the VA. Whatever you tell them might not be the thing that they write down on that paper. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep track of that every time you go to sick or that. This is not what I say it. Right. And also one thing, I know people going to be, be feeling some type of way about this. Put your pride aside when you make your claims. All right. That thing about ED, I know a lot of guys like, oh, ain't nothing wrong. Trust me. out. If you if you have something on your claim that says like if it ever affected your performance to a point where it was like consistent, you probably had it, especially if you're stressed out. If you have an improper diet, if you're not getting enough cardio, your heart's not pumping. So the yang doesn't work. If you understand what I'm saying, that all claim it. That's what I was told. And, you know, we all go through our little phases. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a man. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm stressed out about work. Stuff like that happens. I'm, right. Hey, you know, we, we get older. Hey, man, yeah. look, yeah. it's like he just said. A lot of times, you know, military, we drank like fish. True story. And, and and nine times out of the ten, we was eating at the same time, fried foods, taco trucks in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. blood pressure. That's a huge part of your heart. So it's a huge chance once you get up there in age that you're going to have problems down there. So you might as well document. You probably, I've and, and be honest with you, I've had those problems while I was in. So, you know, just correcting it, put yeah. it on paper and get that 10% because it is 10%. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, if, I mean, if you document it the right way. Hey, I know we go left on y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You, yeah, I understand. I don't know how rated this show is, so I'm just gonna. Hey, man, we thing. good. It's I put. Hey, no kid. Okay. That's okay. what cool, I put. Cool, 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 so, cool. Hey, man, we just just chew All on right. the fat on some things that need to be. You know, shed light on stuff, man. We good, okay, cool. bro. <laughs> All right, let's <I'm> make sure. <laughs> Do you have any motivational, anything motivational to say to the people before we get out of here, bro? Actually, I do because I want to clean something up real quick. I was in, uh, I was thinking too deep the other night about you know this injustice that we're, we're fighting right now, right. and I said, "Man, Martin Luther King's dream is dead," and I really felt that that day. And then, like, I realized it touched a lot of people the wrong way because they've been fighting longer than me. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm just gonna get in line. I'm gonna keep the fight going, and I want people coming after me to keep the fight going. And that's the only way we're gonna keep keep that shit going. The more they, they beat us up, the more we fight back. And that's just how we got to go. And that's just how we got to keep with no matter we are arthritis or not. Right. That's it. Keep pushing. But hang in there. That's all troops of all colors. But more specifically, there's a young black troop out there somewhere that's that's feeling some type of way right now. And I want you to know you're going to be around this stuff. Do not let them trick you out of your career. You wanted this stuff. You got through basic training for a reason. And just keep that in mind and stay positive. Man. It's going to be rough. Try to tell you. That's all I got, man. When it rains, it rains. You're going to dry off one day. So let's go through it. Oh, God. Hey, hey I got a quote by C. John Joy Bell. She's a poet. We can't be afraid of change. You may feel very secure in the pond that you are in. But if you never venture out of, out of it, you would never know that there is such a thing as an ocean, a sea. Get outside of that box and see what's what. A lot of us in the military are in that box. We don't know what's to come on the outside. So get out, venture out, jump out the box, and be you at the end of the day. Hey, man, best let's talk. Who's up next for formation? Hey, but it's okay to jump in some box sometimes, if you get me. But I'm going to holler at y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know I couldn't let you go like that. All right, I got to go. All right. <laughs>